Welcome to the Preacher Girl Podcast. I'm Diane Wright, and today's talk is St. John's on St. John's Day, Thoughts on the Baby and the Bathwater. This talk was originally delivered at St. John's Unitarian Church in Cincinnati on June 24, 2012. St. John has been referred to as the disciple whom Jesus loved. According to tradition, John is the only of the apostles who lived into old age. He and his brother James were referred to as sons of thunder. Jesus entrusted his mother and John to one another during the crucifixion. During his old age, he moved from Jerusalem to Ephesus, where he led a congregation. In all his time with them, his only sermon every time was, Brothers and sisters, love one another. When his congregation would ask if they might hear some other message, he responded, When we have mastered the first lesson, we will move on to other ones. The reading today is a poem called 72 is Not 35 by David Budbill. I spent seven hours yesterday at my daughter's house helping her expand their garden by at least ten times. We dug up sod by the shovelful, shook off the dirt as best we could, sawed into the wheelbarrow and off to the pile at the edge of the yard, then all that over and over again. Five hours total work time, with time out for lunch and supper. By the time I got home, I knew all too well that 72 is not 35. I could barely move. I got to quit earlier than Nadine. She told me I'd done enough and that I should go get a beer and lie down on the chaise lounge and cheer her on, which is what I did. All this made me remember my father 40 years ago helping me with my garden. My father's dead now and has been dead for many years, which is how I'll be one of these days, too. And then Nadine will help her child, who is not yet here, with her garden. Old Nadine, aching and sore, will be in my empty shoes, cheering on her own. So it goes. The wheel turns generation after generation, around and around. We ride for a little while, get off, and somebody else gets on, over and over, again and again. So, what's in a name? Or maybe, what lies beyond a name? As I was planning to speak on June 24th, I was rooting around to find out more about the date itself. It turns out June 24th is St. John's Day. In many Northern European countries, the day is still celebrated as an extended celebration of midsummer. It was, like so many holidays, an ancient celebration taken up and renamed in Christian traditions. In Northern Europe, there are bonfires, 
people circling maypoles and gathering flowers. At this point in the summer, many herbalists believe that plants and herbs have heightened potency. Others believe this is the time when fairies gain entry to the mortal world, as in Shakespeare's Midsummer Night's Dream. But there was nothing in the descriptions of the celebrations that addressed St. John himself. I grew up unchurched, so I am sorely lacking in biblical training. But two decades ago, after joining St. John's Unitarian Universalist Church, I found a beautiful calligraphy poster of a quote by St. John. My peace I give unto you. Therefore, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. I love that quote. I find great comfort in it. And so I planned this talk thinking of St. John, and I found out a little bit about his story. Members of St. John's Unitarian Church who have ever had a chance to hang out with Unitarians from elsewhere in the country, especially west of here, may have had the same reaction that I've had when we say we're from St. John's Unitarian Church. It's a certain squinting of the eyes and tilt of the head. A Unitarian Church named after a saint? Many Unitarians come to UU-ism from another tradition, often from a Christian tradition, and often because we were dissatisfied with that tradition. I've heard people say that we Unitarians are better at explaining what we don't believe than we are at explaining what we do believe. Many of us are spiritual explorers, and UU-ism provides plenty of space to explore everything from atheism to Buddhism to paganism. We have no creed. We have our principles and purposes listed on our association's website, which you can find at www.uua.org. Several years ago, I came across this statement from the Dalai Lama. He said, I always tell my Western friends that it is best to keep your own tradition. Changing religion is not easy and sometimes causes confusion. You must value your tradition and honor your own religion. Changing religion is not easy and sometimes causes confusion. I got really pouty when I read that quote from the Dalai Lama. I have found such great comfort in some of the traditions of Buddhism, and I've got my Tibetan flags up in my study and my prayer beads. This picture becomes even more complicated for people like me, who grew up unchurched. My life was still infused with the influence from my Methodist parents. My mother and I have bits and pieces of this conversation every once in a while where I end up trying to explain that technically I'm not a Christian because I don't accept certain elements of the requisite Christ story. And it makes my mother very uncomfortable and she starts saying things like, Oh, honey, but you are a Christian. I mean, you're a really nice person. I know St. John's congregation is made up of people who may or may not call themselves Christians. It is not required in order for us to be members here. 
In fact, I know that some people who do define themselves as Christians have at times felt somewhat alienated in this church. So during my talk in St. John's Unitarian Church on St. John's Day, I wanted us to think about this for a little while. What does the name mean to a Unitarian congregation? And I was tempted, of course, to honor St. John by simply giving his one and only sermon, Brothers and Sisters, Love One Another. The writer Baltazar Gracian wrote, Good things, when short, are twice as good. But I just couldn't do it. I had so much more to mull over. And this was all coming together right after I started reading Alain de Botton's book, Religion for Atheists, in which he explains why we shouldn't dismiss all the elements of religion just because we are troubled by some of its components. He says, It is when we stop believing that religions have been handed down from above or else that they are entirely daft that matters become more interesting. We can then recognize that we invented religions to serve two central needs which continue to this day and which secular society has not been able to solve with any particular skill. First, the need to live together in communities in harmony despite our deeply rooted selfish and violent impulses. And second, the need to cope with terrifying degrees of pain which arise from our vulnerability to professional failure, to troubled relationships, to the death of loved ones, and to our decay and demise. God may be dead, but the urgent issues which impelled us to make him up still stir and demand resolutions which do not go away when we have been nudged to perceive some scientific inaccuracies in the tale of the seven loaves and fishes. So, in the words of Rodney King, who died last week, can't we all just get along? Can we love all our brothers and sisters? De Botton goes on to say, Attempting to prove the non-existence of God can be an entertaining activity for atheists. Tough-minded critics of religion have found much pleasure in laying bare the idiocy of believers in remorseless detail, finishing only when they felt they had shown up their enemies as thoroughgoing simpletons or maniacs. Not very loving. Sometimes my non-Unitarian friends or family will come to see me speak in a Unitarian church, and I'm always interested in their impressions. More than once, they have said, you're all so, well, intellectual. And they're not saying that as a compliment, by the way. This past month, the writer Ray Bradbury died, and so there were a lot of Bradbury quotes flying around cyberspace including this one. If we listened to our intellect, we'd never have a love affair. We'd never have a friendship. We'd never go into business because we'd be cynical. Well, that's nonsense. You've got to jump off cliffs all the time and build your wings on the way down. 
I suspect that our Unitarian congregations have more than our fair share of people who, like me, occasionally recede into our brains rather than dealing with the swampy, oozy, unpredictable stuff in our hearts. But it was passion that created this church. We just had the transit of Venus, where Venus crossed in front of the sun. When it happens again in 2117, chances are none of us will be here to see it. The last couple of times it happened, back in 1874 and 1882, the St. John's downtown church was standing, and a St. John's congregation was busy advocating for German immigrants and helping to form Beach Acres as an orphan home in response to the cholera epidemic. The people who formed St. John's Unitarian Church and the church leaders and congregants who have sustained the congregation put structures in place so it would last beyond themselves. In the name of St. John, they have gone about the business of loving each other and the community through activism and care for almost 200 years. In 1924, the church joined the American Unitarian Association, and not long after the congregation moved from Elm Street to our location in Clifton, the Unitarians and Universalists merged, and the church became a Unitarian Universalist congregation. St. John's today continues the tradition of outreach and care that is reflected in the very structure of the church building on Reeser Avenue in the Clifton neighborhood of Cincinnati. The face of the building has a very slight curve, and if you continue the curve all the way around to form a circle, the center of that circle would be Fountain Square. The building itself was constructed to demonstrate our focus on the community. So what do we see in our community's future? I know many of us struggle with pessimism. Ray Bradbury also said, I have no interest in spending time with doomsayers who don't believe in the future. There are far too many of them. The way to believe in the future is to make the future. And within my congregation, we, of many names, are continuing to make the story and the future of St. John's. As Muriel Rukeyser said, the universe is made of stories, not atoms. So here's a story I heard recently. A psychologist who specializes in working with family members of people who have Alzheimer's tells a story of a woman who was coming to him for support as her husband, who lived in a nursing home, continued to decline. The woman described how she went to visit her husband every day, and she started every visit by asking him urgently, Do you know who I am? The psychologist was trying to suggest, gently, that this approach might be creating a lot of stress for both her and her husband. Then one day, she came in, teary-eyed but smiling, and she said, I went in and sat down, and I looked him in the eyes and said, Do you know who I am? And he looked back at me and said, 
I have no idea who you are, but I love you. The story makes me think of many things. It makes me think of the meaning and feeling of our existence beyond names and words. It also makes me think of our approach to the future. When we support these institutions that are larger than we are, it's one way of looking toward the future and saying to those who will come after us, I have no idea who you are, but I love you. So it goes. The wheel turns, generation after generation, around and around. We ride for a little while, get off, and somebody else gets on, over and over, again and again. I hope you will take some time today to think about St. John. Oscar Wilde said, Every saint has a past, and every sinner has a future. Unitarians may not resonate with those words, saint and sinner, but in the story of a man who lived long ago, we might find more illumination for our own lives than we expect. Rumi said, Out beyond ideas of wrongdoing and rightdoing, there is a field. I will meet you there. I believe that same field lies beyond the constructs of names and history, beyond definitions and divisions. Brothers and sisters, love one another, including those who came before, those who may not agree with us, and those whose future will be built upon foundations we create today. Out beyond all we can name and know, there is a field. I believe I will meet you all there. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Preacher Girl Podcast. I'm Diane Wright. You can find more episodes of the Preacher Girl Podcast on iTunes or at podbean.com. Many thanks to sound engineer Stephen Grant Smith, whose music can be found on Amazon or CD Baby. Thanks for listening, and remember, feed your spirit and live in love. <laughs>